Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. It's the day after Manchester United, uh, the draw away at Newcastle, and a couple of days before our game against our big rivals uh, down the East Lanks. Uh, with me from the Anfield Rap podcast, uh, very kindly has joined us is Neil Atkinson. Uh, Neil, welcome. Uh, made up to be on. United We Stand subscriber and reader feel too, too, too sober <laughs> for, for this podcast it's not only the way it goes we're not the ones I've been listening to but go on anyway <laughs> glad you like them we've not been there uh, we've not been banned just yet anyway but um, um, how's it going in the Ampere Rap obviously you've made some changes to what you've been doing in the last sort of six or seven months uh. yeah it's going well I mean you know there's there's it's it's we're when we decided to make the changes, we're probably ahead of where we expected to be by now. And, you know, you can do a bit of corporate talking and all that sort of stuff. But we had an idea in mind as to how many people we thought would subscribe. And we're sort of, uh, if we, you know, if you just said you'll be this at this point by the end of the season, this season, then we'd be, we'd be happy. So, you know, it's, it's great that people are coming on board. But also, it's, it's, it's the feedback that they get. You know, you can think, well, we're going to start doing, it's, you know, some, show, some weeks it's 13 shows. Mm. And you can start to think, you know, you can do 13 shows. And, you know, you might start people doing people's heads in. And I'm sure we do do the odd person's heads in. But on the, on the whole, uh, the pretty, you know, the pretty upbeat about it. And the website's flying. You know, Gareth's now full time working on editing it. So there's constantly stuff on there. And it's, it's not just, you know, I've had this problem. It's quite funny because, you know, it's quite different to a fanzine in that, you know, United We Stand, you get to do, when we were doing our mag, Steve Graves, who writes for The Echo and does stuff with us, did something brilliant on New Brighton Tower. And fundamentally, people weren't that bothered. This is the thing I always had, you know, they were always like, well, yeah, that's all right, but what, what's, go- what's going to happen with Joe Allen at the weekend? Yeah. And you're like, oh, come on. But, you know, now on the website, there's a really good balance between sort of what's going to happen with Joe Allen on the weekend and then interesting stuff, sort of looking back, drawing parallels and all that sort of stuff. So, no, it's, it's, it's you know, strength to strength to be overstating it, but, you know, we're happy. It's a city that takes its football really seriously, I've always found, even probably more serious than the Mancunians tend to do it. Uh, but 13 shows a week, you're not getting bored with talking about stuff. Cause... Well, that's, we try to break them up. We try to have at least, you know, two, two in the... the, the uh, Two in the week that are meant to just be a laugh. Um, so there's at least two that are meant to be a laugh in there. Um, and, and, you know, you've, you've done an AFQ where, you know, you'll do 45 minutes of an hour in AFQ and not do a single fussy question. So that's good. And also the other ones, I mean, you know, I, I don't host them all, which helps. We break up who hosts which ones. And, uh, but also, you know, it's, it's talking about fussy with your mates. What, what it does mean sometimes is that when you are actually in a position where you're with other mates and you start talking about fussy, there is a thing in your head sometimes <laughs> going, you know what, lads, can we, uh, you know, can we, can, we, can we get onto music pretty quick here? I'm not that, there's only so much I can do on the Reds. No, no, we have, I'm we have, out. We have a rule on our bus coming home that you're allowed 10 minutes post-match to talk about football. After that, it's your band. That's a great rule. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, maybe we should start having cards like, and pull them out and go, right, you've got five more minutes now, boys, and this yeah, is it. It's ticking it off. The, um, what's the fan culture like in Liverpool at the minute? Because, you know, we, we've talked a number of times about similarities and differences between sort of the two cities um, and you know all of that's kind of been very very well documented especially to those that bothered to educate themselves about it but yeah. um, two very very similar sort of supporter bases um, are you finding that the sort of same trials and tribulations and challenges that we have as supporters are you seeing the same thing following yeah. Liverpool yeah I think we are I think you know we have a, we have a, we have some of the lads from um, who were involved in spying cop 1906 and we we do a lot of stuff with uh, with Jay McKenna who I think again Jay comes and does the shows and we tend to let him do the ones where he gets to have a laugh rather than the ones where he's got to talk about this because everyone wants something a bit different but when when they come on they chat to us you know there, there's 
There's issues around people being priced out. There's issues around people just sort of, you know, getting to the point where you feel as though you've got to, you've you've just got to jump through so many hoops. You know, there was all the nonsense around the flags on the cop this season, which all of it, every aspect of it, just felt endlessly avoidable by people just trying to be better people. You know, just making an effort to, to just presume the best of people once or twice across the course of the, you know, of everything that's gone on there, and and, and not on the side of the lads who were just trying to create some atmosphere and and put some flags in the cop. But I think in general, I think there's. I think Klopp's been good. Klopp's, Klopp's made a difference, and you know people were quite were were, were a bit scathing around the the thing he does post West Brom. But he knows what he's doing. You know when he yeah. goes to the crowds, he knows what he wants the crowd to do. He wants there to be more of an atmosphere. But we've got a fundamental problem, which is, and you know, I'm, I'm by no means, you know, I, I, I think at times when people like me and you talk about this, Steve, we can almost feel a bit like, well, it's you know we're pointing at everyone else, yeah. and that's not what I'm saying because I'm about to say I think there's not there's just not enough 16 to 24 year olds in that ground, and I'm 34 now. I'm going to be 35 in a couple of weeks, and you know. The idea that I'm the solution, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still having a lot to drink around the game, and I'm still having a great time. But I'm, I'm, you know, at ways I'm giving it everything I've got. But week in, week out, I'm not going to do you. I'm not going to do your ninety minutes screaming and shouting. And those lads, those lads are struggling to get in the ground, and they're struggling to sit together. And I think that's the issue. I, I was, um, I was at Newcastle last night, and um, I was looking around in the away end, and I reckon the average age in that away end last night was mid forties. And they all looked mid sixties by the end of the evening, but uh, <laughs> it's the you know is the regeneration of, of youthful support around for Liverpool and and clubs in general to, to to pick up on because I fear for the game after the generation that that I think we are yeah after that decides to call it a I, day. I think it's dead weird because I think that there is I think that, you know I just remember my uh, Martin who contributed to our book after the season where we came second and and he, he cited in there and I remember going to a few ways that season he cited Cardiff away where you were surrounded by young groups of lads and girls and more girls than you'd think as well and I think every now and again you'll go to an away a Liverpool away and you'll go God it's young here today and it'll go off and it'll be great and you know you'll just sort of like you know I'll feel like one of the older ones and then some weeks you'll go to an away you know Villa's a good one you know you go to Villa and, and everyone seems swept up by Villa and it does seem to be a bit younger and a bit different and then some weeks you'll go to an away from nowhere and you know it'll be it'll just be basically people my age your age and I don't know I don't know what the answer is I do think though that it's it is reaching crisis points just from the point of view of but I don't know what you I think it's I think it'd be easier for United to solve because of the size of grounds I think it's hard for Liverpool because there used to be the thing which is that you go on the cop you stand on the cop and that's a separate conversation but you stand on the cop and you get you, you like your football and you get to a certain age and you're a bit bored of standing on the cop and you move to the sides that's that that's the way this works but now you're in this situation where all the fellows who sit on the sides they're just sitting on the sides still they're not going anywhere uh, we can only have 45,000 people in there everyone who's standing on the cop because if we're honest the cops are standing stand still now you know if we're honest um, but those fellows who are in there loads of them are in the 40s and 50s and they've got nowhere they can move to and would they even want to because they're trying to hold on to some sort of sense of youth so what's the cheapest season ticket at Liverpool now? Oh, I think it's it's, it's expensive the cheapest season tickets at Liverpool. I think it's about six fifty. To be honest, uh, you, mine was mine was over eight hundred, nine hundred quid. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I mean, I, I've got ticket stubs from the sort of late seventies, early eighties, of first sort of seventy pence, ninety pence, you know, uh, programs for thirty p. Uh, yeah. You just think about your pocket money covered that yeah, today. Yeah. Unless you're getting sort of near, near enough a ton a week <laughs> off your parents, you're not going to get in that ground, are you? No, and but it's 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 the, but it's also the, how can you get in from Liverpool from Liverpool's point of view? How can you get in the ground? I have this a lot with Robbo when we're talking in the office. And me and Robbo have some arguments in the office about stuff, and Gibbo sitting there and he has to put be act as referee in the middle of some of them. But my, one of my things is Robbo wants to take his kids. 
what for Robinson's sake, his kids, the fellow sitting next to him can't go. Yeah. And the fellow sitting next to him wants to go. He wants to be in Anfield. Mm. And Anfield, because it's 45,000, it's, it's broadly speaking made up of people who really want to be there or who are just in the habit of being there. And I don't know how you get them out the ground. So the idea of, so even if, you, you know, even if you're 16-year-old saved up and wanted to do one game and four at Anfield, first, he can't sit with his mates because everyone's in their seats and they're not moving. Secondly, he can't actually get in that ground. Yeah. And... You know, I th- unless I, I think it needs a massive for, for Liverpool, and I think Liverpool sits, and I think that you know Liverpool being the way in which we are, because you know fundamentally, Steen, I'm sure your listenership will agree with a gang of gobshites. We presume <laughs> our we presume our problems are universal to all of football, but I actually think we sit sort of at the intersection of a lot of them. There's in, we've got issues around prices. Everyone's got interview issues around prices, but we've got issues around access. And Everton haven't, and this isn't me being snide about Evertonians. Everton can sell a half season ticket. Mm. Everton run a really good sixteen to twenty fours reduced season ticket. But one of the reasons why is because they don't sell out. So you're able to, you know, if if if, if the commercial imperatives on you to do that, yeah. then you do that. Um, and so Liverpool, so we've got an access issue that I don't think that certainly Everton haven't got. That United might have to a certain extent, but you can get eighty thousand in. City obviously haven't got it because they don't bother selling out loads of the time. You know, there's all over the place, all over the place, up and down the country. There's loads of little pockets of issues, and I think we've got a lot of them. And then what happens is often when we start to talk about it, people must think, Christ, they don't have more a lot. Yeah. But there's, it's because there's there's not just there's not just one or two a lot of them sort of pour in and we're in the intersection of all of them and I think that's dead hard for the football club as well to fix you know let's be honest here not, football full stop struggling with all this mm. every club struggling with it and Liverpool sort of sits at the intersection of tons of these problems and then everyone says well why can't they get that sorted out well they're not a big business F- football's money used to come through people paying to come through the turnstiles now it's football now that's such a small proportion of what a club's income is so it's not act- clubs are actually not bothered anymore no but then the other side of that though is therefore well think about it from the product point of view what, what's one of the things you know you mentioned your game last night I watched your game on the telly and one of the things I liked was you felt the Newcastle crowd in the second half you felt them come alive and then when Rooney scores the third and he's going you know you can see who it is that he's mm. talking to and you can hear that noise from the United yeah. end and so therefore I think well we can fix this if you want to just go well you know the money's coming from elsewhere and you're not that important well that's great well that, that, that surely then that's the first sentence that solves the ticket price problem then we get that one sorted and we move on to the next one whatever the next one is but instead I think the problem is is that everyone's football clubs are in this really weird position where I don't think I just don't think there's that many visionaries knocking around who can grab the whole of them and say let's just box this because it's in our interests too. It's in our interests to keep this going. Instead, there's a lot of people who've got to justify, you know, and without talking about your issues with your owners, if, let's say, Ian Air decides to make a big decision in Liverpool, well, he can't. He's got to run it past Boston. And in Boston, they're going to want to see the spreadsheets. They're going to want to see this. And he can be going, mm. but the feeling on the ground, well, you can't measure the feeling on the ground. And so I think that that becomes a problem as well. So it's, as I say, I don't think it's easy, but yeah. I just think it doesn't take that much. Yeah, it was interesting last night, um, for, for all you say about the Newcastle crowd, it was 48,000 there last night. And the ground holds 50, 53, really? 54. First time I've ever been there against United when uh, when when it didn't sell out, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, obviously, that sort of brings us on nicely to the your ground expansion, um, which is yeah. going to be ready in next season, season after. Yeah, do you think next season? Next season, either during next season or maybe even by the start. I mean, obviously, it's about time from your point of view. Is that going to? I mean, two things, two questions I've got on this is: are you, is it the right thing to do to redevelop Anfield um, from a a total perspective as opposed to the emotional attachment you've got like yeah. we have with Old Trafford is it the right thing to do and is that going to help I, the sort of ticket price and the access situation I don't think it's going to help the ticket price and the access situation this first one because a lot of it's going to go corporates so I think and, and you know I trust that Liverpool have done the 
I've done the research and feel as though they can shift those corporate tickets. Um, but so I don't know if it helps the ticket price and the access situation. I am very mixed on the Anfield question, and I'm I've, like I don't know what the right answer is, and I think it's one of those situations in life where I don't think there's the right answer. For a long time, I thought yeah, we'd move, and then when I thought we were going to stay, I was like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. Now. Again, if if you felt that there was someone, you know, if there was a Bill Shankly in the ballroom running Liverpool who put together a plan to say, this is what we're going to do, we're going to go here and it's going to be like this. Yeah. You could go, right, I believe in this fella, I believe the way this fella's looking at the football club, that's the right thing to do. The idea that that's happening with the current ownership and the current hierarchy, without having that strong an opinion on them, I think they're broadly speaking all right and they've broadly speaking got the football club's best interests at heart. But I don't trust them to go and do a mammoth project for the long-term future of Liverpool and, and get it right. So, to be honest, it's this really weird situation where it's probably the best possible outcome at the moment. But on the whole, there could be other ones, but it needs other people to be involved. What's this going to take your capacity to? 55? I feel 55, yeah. And what do you think is the demand? What could you fill, do you think, realistically, sort of week in, week out? I think we could, I think we could fill up to 70, but we'd have to be clever with price and season mm. tickets and so on. I think we could quite comfortably fill to 70, but we can't get 70,000 people <coughs> in and out of the area of Anfield with the current transport issues, parking, uh, links, the whole thing. This is, this is one of the reasons why I don't see us going past 60, because I don't think unless Liverpool stump up money to some degree to be part of a transport infrastructure question, yeah. then I don't see the council allowing it, because I, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see how that's going to be that that can pan out full stop it was easier for united to do it yeah because of where it was it was on an industrial plot of land um it was impossible for city to do it um and i don't i you know i don't know any city fans who wanted to leave main road and i now don't know any city fans who would go back yeah and it's almost like they've kind of seen now that they've done it that it was absolutely the right thing to do exactly and i think that it could be that if we did it we did it the right way you'd you'd come out of it and you'd go yeah, that was that was the right thing to do. But you've you've got to you've got to be sure about these things, obviously, because there is no going back once you do it. There is no going back. But and and it's back to the idea, as I say, if you could, if there was someone who was coming in and he was running Liverpool and he was able to say, right, this is how we're going to talk, sort these problems out. As, on the whole, all these problems are, are solvable like this, 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 and this. Then I think you could turn around and go, yeah, I can get that. As it is, as a football club, you just sort of feel as though. And this isn't me being snide because this is how I think the vast majority of football clubs are run. Uh, but you feel as though as a football club, we just sort of, we're lasting season to season. We're planning at most two, three years ahead. I don't think there's anyone who's, who's sitting down in Anfield in sort of a David Dean-ish way mm. and going, right, this is what the next 15 years looks like. And because, you know, not least because it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything. But in, in, in the way in which everything is always for sale. To some degree, Liverpool's for sale at the moment. Yeah. You know, the right offer came in, they'd go, yeah. and then it need people with. But then, whoever it is that they'd sell to, would they be the people with vision? So, on a more positive note for you guys, it seems as if the new manager's someone who's uh, got settled in quickly. Not so much in results, but he does seem to have sort of got straight into the culture of the club. And uh, are we right to see that from the outside? Yeah, I think so. I think he, I think first and foremost, he comes across like a good man. He comes across like, you know, he's not a careerist. I think it's really important. There's two sides to this, really, which is that we can, we can praise him to the skies, but he didn't have to take the Liverpool job. He wants to be here. You know, he, 
he didn't quite have the pick of any football club in the world, but he wasn't far off. And all they had to do was be patient. And you know, he could currently, be, you know, he, he he could have got the Chelsea job, the Real Madrid jobs just come up and gone. If he hangs until the end of this season, there's probably another two or three jobs knocking around world football that he could stick his hand up for, not least the Bayern Munich job. Yeah, you know, he, but he doesn't want that. And he, I spoke to a fellow who wrote a book about Dortmund last season on one of our shows, and <coughs> and he said he interviewed Klopp at the end of the season for this book, and he said to, he said to Klopp, "You're going to go to Munich, aren't you?" And Klopp went, "No." And he went, "You are. You're going to go to Bayern Munich." Mm. And he Klopp went, "I'm not. I'm not interested. I don't want to do that." And so I think it's important, firstly, to say this. That Jurgen Klopp isn't doing Liverpool a favour. He's here because he wants to be here, yeah. um, and and I think that's but I think that's great simultaneously because he can see he can see the long term benefits for it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to to the next couple two three four years with the fellow, and I do think it will be that length of time. I don't see him, you know, I don't I don't see him just coming and going. I don't see him. I don't think that this is him coming here. I don't think he's this sort of person to then position for the next move I think he's, he's, he did seven years at Mainz he did seven years at Dortmund I think he'll end up doing seven years at Liverpool if if the results are what they what they need to be I think he's been a bit surprised by a few things um, to be honest with you I think he's been I think I think you can tell people and you can show them videos of what it's like to play Tony, Tony Pulis as West Brom yeah. and then you can see it and that's something quite different I think there's, I think you see a culture with a lot of, of overseas managers in early doors they, they always seem to do well in the bigger games and it's almost like they underestimate the lower end teams. It's almost like, because I think, I, I don't subscribe to this theory that the Premier League is the best in the world. I think the top four in our league are pretty pretty poor in comparison. Yeah. But I think the bottom four in the Premier League would probably be most other leagues. And, so, and, and the middle teams as well. I think this season, that's been, that's been the kicker for us this season. West Brom, sorry, well, West Brom are middle league. Watford, West Ham, these lads, these, these teams are the ones that have really, that have surprised, I think they've surprised Klopp. And I, and I do think it has been a surprise. I, I, think, I think people can tell you what it's like to deal with West Brom and then you face it in a football match and it's really quite different. And I think he's had that over and over again. In many ways, this, it's frustrating because this season, we know, I think Liverpool supporters, broadly speaking, know that for a variety of reasons, it'll be, if not a freak event, we need we need the stars to align for us to win this title that we need to win. And this year is the stars are aligning season and we're nowhere near mm. um, because for a variety of reasons. So that's the negative. But the positive is I actually think it helps him to have this season in the way in which he's got it as sort of a, you know, coming in October. Because he's getting to see everything. He's getting to see all of his plays. He's getting to weigh everything up. He's getting to understand what the fixture list's like. You know, it's important to remember he gets six weeks off in Germany in the middle of the season. Yeah. And as much as that clears the players' legs and recharges their energy, it actually clears managers' heads. Yeah. You get to sit down, you get to do your planning again, you get to say, well, what's worked and what hasn't. The fella, honestly, he just looks like he's going from game to game, like he gets in the car and drives to the next one at the minute <laughs> and turns up and says, well, who are we playing today then? You know, He seems like a pretty, you know, when he says, I haven't watched the videos yet at West Ham. He hadn't watched the videos yet at West Ham. He's not lying. He's, I've been dealing with Sunderland, then I've been dealing with West Ham, then I'm dealing with Stoke, then we've got three days. So I think the more... He's going to have to do that though soon, isn't he? Otherwise, he's going to get left short pretty quickly oh, he's going to have to well, he's going to have to start rotating more and more I thought you saw it in the extra game and I think he's going to have to he's, well, I think, but I think this, what this tells him is in Germany it's 34 league games no real league cup to speak of and this winter break that they get um, and also they don't do replays in cup games here he is managing Liverpool he's, 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 he's been plunged into a Europa League mm. campaign they're not the best he's got, a, he's got a league cup run that he's part of he's got the FA Cup to deal with and there's no winter break well, he's, he's going to know now going into next season and it's quite interesting before the Bournemouth game he was giving it all the most important games the next one before the Exeter game it became no 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 we, he's already beginning to come to those conclusions yeah. so I think in a sense I think this helps us going into 16-17 if Rodgers had limped through until the end of the season 
the same swap had happened, then I think you would have had the twelfth the, the season of Klopp, not quite knowing what sort of plan he's got to go through. Whereas now he's got no excuses; he knows exactly what he's got to get them in shape for. From a from a playing point of view, who's who stood out for you this season? And I, I guess it's someone who's probably not ended up in A and E like like the rest of your squad. But yeah, um, I think that the player who had you know because uh, he's he split opinion, not least mine. I've always said he'll become a player uh, to some degree, but it might not happen for Liverpool, or it might it might take a bit longer. But Emre Chan's done well. Um, he's he's grown into it, and he was he was he was quietly impressive at Stoke away in the League Cup. In that he he had a quiet a quietly effective game. Yeah. There's been loads of Emre Chan games where he's desperate to do the big thing, to do this, you know, and to do your head in, to do the thing that does your head in from a central midfielder where he's trying to boss it, trying to absolutely you know play the big ball, be the big man. And he just he was just quietly effective against Stoke. And I think over the last two months he's grown game by game. He was excellent against Leicester on uh, on Boxing Day, uh, paired, paired up next to Henderson. That was his best game for Liverpool, but probably his most understated game was the Stoke game. So I think he's worthy of uh, worthy of shout out. The fullbacks have done all right, um, but it's been so everyone's so in and out. You know, I think every game Henderson's played, he's really impressed me this season. Really, really genuinely proper. Big sentiment performances, full of energy, full of ideas, full of uh, full of trying to make it happen. Um, got a couple of goals um, to his name as well. He's been really impressive. But I'm talking about the lad who's played six games. You know, this is this is the problem. Milan's done well, but there's not enough end product. Um, Coutinho's been very hot and cold. So, but he's not even going to be available for the United game. It's almost irrelevant in a he's sense. Some talent in though, isn't he? He's a huge talent, but he's not. A, I don't think he, he's con- under Rodgers and under Klopp. He's constantly made to play as a forward, essentially in the front line or just behind the front. And I think he's a midfielder. Mm. I think he's a lad who just wants to pick it up deep, maybe take a couple of plays out of the game. He's not David Silva, you know. He's not. He, he's not quite got the goal return for that. He might grow into that, but he's not quite got the goal return to be the fellow who plays close to the front. But also, I just think he does a lot of his best work with three ahead of him. Three players ahead of him who he can try and feed. And too often under Rodgers and under Klopp, he's been one of the three. And he's he's not quite got the pace to, to be that player. He's not quite got the physical presence. And and that's something which is hurt Liverpool mm. uh, across a number of positions this season. That said, we can play some really, really good stuff. We, you know, we, we've got Arsenal, we're doing this before the Arsenal game. Arsenal United, it wouldn't surprise me if we got six points it wouldn't surprise me if we got one point we are you know we're very capable of of of, of, of putting performances in you know the 4-1 at City it was a bit of a shock to a lot of people it wasn't that much of a shock mm. to me it was great but it wasn't it, it didn't make me go I, I absolutely didn't see that coming you could see how he can set a side up and you've said it before he can set a side he knows how to beat Man City mm. we're playing Arsenal tonight will Dortmund have beaten Arsenal I'm relatively confident he's got a plan to deal with this because mm. he's actually played against Arsenal Wenger's Arsenal and the way in which he sets his sides up the first thing he wants is that the lads work they follow his instructions and they work and they do seem to do that whoever they face is he likely to do much in January transfer wise he's brought Colker in now on loan I think, he do, I think he doesn't want to. Um, I think he wants to see everybody mm. uh, before he... Again, I think he sees this. And this is where the, the shift has been a bit frustrating, in a sense. And this is not a criticism of the manager. I think the manager's seeing this as... I've effectively... I come in in October, and I've got till June 2016 for this to become serious. Yeah. Whereas I think the reality was there was something that could have been done this season from a Liverpool point of view. You'd have needed luck, you'd have needed everyone fit. Maybe a better transfer market in the summer just gone. But... There was a possibility of something, and so. But I think I think he didn't want to do anything now in January. He's had to bring Colker in. I think he might try and resist doing anything else. I think if a good player becomes available and we can get them, we might move for him. But I think broadly speaking, he'll just want to he'll want to look at everyone, give everyone the full duration. But then it wouldn't surprise me if there was sort of five outs and five in next summer. Hmm. Do you think there'll be any outs in Jan? 
uh, Enrique if we can find a taker uh, but you know not everyone needs a social media expert <laughs> um, I think I, 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 there was talk that there might be a bit of stuff around Joe Allen but Joe Allen was excellent at, at Stoke um, he really was excellent at Stoke so I think he might I, I think he might just stick with everyone go right the way through until the end we, we're in a really weird position with injuries because the, the, the injury situation it's not the problem isn't just that there's lots of injuries it's that they're all coming back they're all getting rushed back and they're all picking up new knocks it, it's looping round and I think he's but also I think what he's asking them to do I think he's seen now you know you look at that Christmas period we had Leicester at home Sunderland away West Ham away uh, we took six points we, we beat we're, we're great for 70 against Leicester we should be 3-0 nil, nil up we should be home and hosed uh, we end up winning the game 1-0 we go to Sunderland we're not quite as snappy but we should score early eventually we get the goal they don't really scare us we get the 1-0 then we go to West Ham and they do us and the they do is and they've done us early for a variety of reasons. It's it's it was one of them where you know you've sat through a load of them in your life where you we go one nil down and as soon as we've gone one nil down you know we're losing this game. Yeah. There's no it would be remarkable if we got back into it and for whatever reason Liverpool haven't turned up that day. But the reason why is the mental and physical toll of going bang bang bang. So I, but that's partially because of the injuries he's got to do that. So I think he wants eighteen, nineteen, twenty of them. Mm. And it wouldn't surprise me if whatever side he picks against Arsenal, you see four or five changes yeah. now for the side against United to keep them sharp and to keep them fit. Yeah, you say I've been to lots of games like that in my life. I've been to lots this season, um, <laughs> which uh, brings me around to what, what, what do you make of the uh, the the situation at United at the minute? Because it's pretty mind-boggling, isn't it? How all of that talent at a club of that size can be in such a mess. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that reminds you that football's football. To be honest with you, in that you know, I think that this is why football's not rugby. You know, rugby, the best side tends to win. They turn up, they've got whatever it is, the stats that rugby, rugby players have got, they turn up and one side just is able to say, well, we're superior and eventually it breaks for them. Football's football mm. and, it, you know, you can be stopped. I think I think it's a bit of a, again, like, like with Liverpool, I think it's a bit of a, a, a sort of a confluence of events in that because West Ham... West Ham, Watford, these sides this season, Crystal Palace, because they're all quite strong, that that group of sides are arguably stronger than they've been for a fair few years. I think where um, United have had problems, and Liverpool for that matter, is if you're slightly off your game, they'll do you. And I think there's been a lot of games where United, in seasons past, if they'd turn, I think now, you know, I used to, I used to think you can play a lot of these games at 90% and come away with a 2-0. Now, for Liverpool United, whether it's the the amount of quality they've got in their squad or what the opposition do you know you can't you've got to be at 100% you've got to be on it and I think that the other thing is as well is that people perceive rightly perceive vulnerabilities you know you just got to look at Chelsea this season mm. what's happened is quite early on loads of sides have gone we can have these mm. and that really makes a difference that's happened to United and it's happened to Liverpool so I think I think that's happened and I think that up until last night the game against Newcastle we could just have said he was playing you know he's playing very conservative football and that might I don't know what we mean. You've talked about this a lot. I, we don't know what remit he's been given from the United board, and if the remit he's been given to the United board is just getting the Champions League, and we'll take it from there. We might bring another fellow in and get rid of you, but just get to the keepers in the Champions League. That's your job. Then it might be that the best path to do it this season is 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 to be boring, is to you know, is to have really tight games, all that sort of stuff. It might be that in the end, it all clicks for you to a certain degree. You end up on your seventy-two points, and you sit in third or fourth, and he'll get to go. Well, that was that. He can say to himself and to his team and to you know to the people above him, that's what you wanted, that's what you've got. But that's no laugh for people who are going through the turnstiles. And again, it's this idea that there's these disconnects, not least because the United board aren't going to come out and say, well, you know, he's doing exactly what we want him to do. 
they're not going to in terms of the approach it's interesting because supporters are giving him pure grief the media's giving him pure grief even Adidas have come out and said yeah we're selling shitloads of shirts but hey the football's rubbish everyone bar his employers yeah. seem to be putting the knife in and United don't seem to want to panic no because I, I think they think he's going to get a third or fourth and I think they, they, they may well be proven right mm. I mean I think they, they're looking at it thinking he'll just put a run together he'll put two runs together between now and the end of the season where United have been four out of four and then when they've won those four, fours out of fours and they've put those um, they'll put the 24 points on the board there if he just keeps doing what he's doing elsewhere then it's 72 75 points he might end up you know four games to go in, a sniff, in, in with a sniff if it's going to be an 80 point season for the yeah, title the, um, it, people forget Moyes in, in prior to the game against Evan, he won five of the previous seven. Yeah. Um, before he got sacked, um, two crushing defeats against Liverpool and City. Van Gaal went eight without winning um, against really low level opposition. So he's, you know, he's he, United have had every right to probably say, look, mate, this isn't working, and they haven't done. No, exactly. And I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they're going to do they can to keep him to the end of the season. I'd be amazed if he's still in position at the end of the, the start of next season. Not least because if I'm United, I'm looking at that going. There's a real chance here. They might have had this idea that it might take us three or four years to get back on top. But I think if you look at next season, City are going to bring Guardiola in. That might bring its opportunities. But they may they may well surge ahead. But Arsenal are still going to be Arsenal. Liverpool are likely to be at best Liverpool plus. Hmm. Um, and Chelsea have got a big rebuilding project to do. So it might be that, you know, there's a, they might be thinking, if he just gets us in the Champions League, we can attract some players. We can have, bar Guardiola realistically, our pick of the managers... Um, because, for instance, I think Simeone makes much more sense as a Manchester United manager than as a, than as a Chelsea manager. I think, and I think it's an easier sell to him. You know, you go, go and do the big thing, the, the grand thing. Um, so, no, I think it's quite a. I think it's a real. I think it's that interesting in a in a really dull way because you're having to put up with the football. I think the intrigue's the interesting part. <laughs> God, we are we are having to put up with the football. I've never drank so much, and that's saying something. <laughs> the, um, what can we expect this week and then in terms of the uh, obviously it's still the biggest game in this country isn't it yeah by a mile uh, all the football that matters in this country happens in the north west that's, that's the beginning middle and end of it for me I've, I say that all the time it annoys people but it's true um, you know if the, it, <coughs> I think there will be ripples if Arsenal won this league this season but you know when Chelsea won it last season no one's bothered yeah. no, one, no one cares and, and it kills them but it's because you know there's, there's another way to look at it it's because there's other things going on in London mm. you know football matters in the North West it matters um, and if the North East was a hotbed you know if, they, if one of them was doing well then it you know go back to there was lots of talk this week of Newcastle versus United going back 20 years They'll be talking all about that as well, mm. you know. But the, the football that matters happens in the northwest. What to expect from it? I think, I, I think a lot of it's going to be impacted by what happens with Liverpool against Arsenal. And now I, th- I don't know quite what to expect from United after the Newcastle game. You know, is Van Gaal going to think? And I think it's probably throws a bit of a spanner for Klopp because I think it would have been easy to think United are going to do a lot of sideways stuff, try to take the sting out of the game, maybe look to do what they did last season, maybe start Fellaini create 3v3s on the pitch in little areas of the pitch which is what they did brilliantly last season when they came to Anfield win those battles and then go from there are they going to try and do that or are they actually going to try and come and play some football at Anfield and I still think they're more likely to do the former because I don't think it's a game the manager wants to lose but if they did the latter you know it would possibly play into Liverpool's hands a little bit more so that's one of the reasons why again I think he'll do the former I think it'd be a tight game I think uh, I think, and the other X factor in this is Liverpool's selection. I don't know when this is going to go out, but it would not surprise me if Daniel Sturridge starts either of these games. If from nowhere Daniel Sturridge plays either of these games, I don't think he'll play in both. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's just parachuted in, and starts one of them, and then isn't on the bench for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be a massive, massive game changer for Liverpool. 
behind that you've got Lalana, you've got you know you've got Firmino. Um, I think Benteke can do something. No shadow of a doubt about that. Henderson may not start them both. Might start one. Which one does he start? Sacco won't start them both. Which one will he start? It's really difficult to second guess how the game's going to go because forget the idea of I don't know what Man United are going to do. I don't know what the Liverpool team's going to be. Um, but what I do think is it'll be tight. It'll be cagey. <clears throat> Neither side's got quite enough goals in them, got quite enough goal scorers in them, I think is fair to say. Um, and I think it'll be decided by... I think it'll be decided by something in the last half an hour. And I think that that's where... That's where the fact that it's at home, I think, plays more into our hands. But that's where if, you know, if, if, if Van Aal was sitting here, he'd be saying, but we've had a day's more rest, that plays more into our hands. So I think it's, it's a bit up in the air. I expect it to be... The one thing I think it might be um, is it might be more blood and guts than it's been the last few years. It wouldn't surprise me again if there's if there's a if there's a few thrown in um from someone um on either side, on both sides. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a few thrown in and there's a bit more there's a bit more we're gonna get about you than there's been. Because I don't think I think that's what Klopper wants. And I think that Van Hal, for all he's painted as as being a certain type of manager, I think he'll want them forward and I also think that the one thing that concerns me about the game is if Rooney is getting himself into a little bit of form because, which he is yeah so that's the Rooney, the Rooney thing was interesting because I saw a, re- a different Wayne Rooney in the second half at Stoke when he came and it was almost like because he was dropped it was almost that was a kick up the arse that I'm yeah. a captain and I've been dropped here and since then he's been he's been by some distance like not he'll never be the old Wayne Rooney because he's sort of 16 17 years into his career now but you know he's um He's getting back towards that, but for me, the the two people that are key for me are if Mata and Herrera take their form from Anfield last year into yeah. that game, that could be a big, big moment for United. Well, the Mata, I think it's probably fair to say if Mata plays, then I think that United have probably got the best footballer on the pitch. Um, whoever either side starts. He's out of form. Sorry? He's badly out of form. If he's, if he's badly out of form, then, it, then, then it's a different kettle of fish. But in terms of, you know, just simply if you rub them down, strengths and weaknesses, what mm. they're good at. For me, Mata, you know, is, would be the best the best pure footballer on the pitch. I think it's a game, If I think if Henderson can do one of these two, I'd have him do United. And I'd probably, if I was setting Liverpool up now, of who I think is likely to be available and fit, I would go for a side that's something like uh, Mignolet goal. I'd go 4 4 2. And I'd go Mignolet goal. I'd go uh, Kleiner right back, uh, Kolka, Sacco. I wouldn't play Sacco against Arsenal. And I'd go Moreno at left back. And then I'd have, I'd just go um, off the right, uh, well, on either flank, some combination of Lallana and Milner. And I'd be having, um, I'd be putting Chan and Henderson in centre midfield. I'd rest Lucas for this. I'd be playing him against Arsenal, and I'd go uh, Benteke and Firmino up front. And I'd look to do to United what we looked to do to Leicester, which was play very, very quickly out of the centre of midfield, pull them up the pitch, and just turn them around and hit them and stretch them and, and, and channels, 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 and then get up the pitch and, and try to create an intensity about the performance because I think the, I think the longer it goes and becomes a last twenty game. I think that'll just suit Van Gaal, and I think it'll suit whatever it is he's got on the bench, because I think he'll be looking and he'll feel as though he can just he can just turn it one way or another. Van, that, the, the one thing Van Gaal said that always rung with me when he came into the game was he, he was quite scathing about English players, saying they uh, they play with the hearts and not the heads. And games where he gets the players to use their head, we do tend to do all right, and we just don't do enough of that. And he got players to use their head last year at Anfield. Yeah, 
Um, and I think he's got to try and uh, try and get some out of it. But, but, th- but I don't think Klopp, I think the way Klopp wants to be and the way Klopp is is he just wants to, he, he, Klopp likes emotional football. He used that phrase quite a lot, mm. emotional football. So it could well be that that's what it turns into. United trying to trying to be ice ice cool, and Liverpool being absolutely limbs limbs and hearts pumping mm. and seeing if they can certainly for the first for the first twenty minutes half an hour seeing if they can turn United around. Mm. And I think that it suits. I think it suits the fact that we're at home. I think if we can do a bit of that, and as I say, I'd, I'd if you know looking at the the likely the lads who can only do two one game. Game, you know, one of these two games that we've got. That's the way I'd, I'd look to do it. That's where I pour those resources, and I'd look to just, I'd look to just get United doing a lot of the things they don't want to do. Um, you know, which is shoot, <laughs> which is which is having to come, having to just come onto yeah. Liverpool a little bit, and, and then it becomes where Van Hal's probably trying to say to them or someone saying to them, "Don't get sucked up." But it's it's part of football. You get sucked up the pitch. You can get sucked up the pitch, and I'd be looking to do that. And then, you know, I can't. It's difficult to put over, and certainly because you know your listeners will think it's a Liverpool supporter doing hyperbole because he's Liverpool captain it's difficult to put over how effective and good Henderson was against Leicester how quickly he shifted the ball around the pitch how he played a first time pass that was an interception that released Lallana through one goal it, it was it was that from, from, from inside his own half it was that territory of but clearly that's the manager's instruction mm. as soon as you get it it goes you're just looking to feed I, I think that's what that's what I'd be looking to do against United. He did look at twat in those Nivea adverts, though, didn't he? Uh, which which one didn't? <laughs> Scale's the worst one for me and them. Come <laughs> on, before I get a, uh, a score prediction off you, what's uh, what's your match day going to be then? Out early, uh, uh, yeah. home late. Out early, uh, home very late indeed. Yeah, uh, we've got. I think it's. I think you know the Sunday suits us down to the ground for this one. I think so. Uh, out, out from out from ten eleven. Um, so we've got booze now, Liverpool in it as a city centre. Oh yeah, you can you can have a great drink in Liverpool. You can have it's it, everything's walkable and everything's possible. Um, so we'll be doing that and then. Um, Game. I have to come back to a show quick afterwards, and then uh, then out uh, hit the karaoke in um, in the lesbian bar. <laughs> <laughs> quick score prediction, and to wrap us up, um, what's a good result for Liverpool? And do you think you'll get it? Uh, I think I think the only good result for us is a win, and that's not to say that you know the, the game situation might be you know if we're down to ten or whatever, you know you wouldn't you, you'd take a draw on seventy. And I think I think we can all do the talk in the rooms beforehand and say you know you'd only want to win if it's when the football match is happening in front of you and your heart's pumping and you're thinking I don't want to get beat by these bastards. You'd probably take yeah. a draw on seventy yeah. most of the time anyway. But I think we've got a. I think we will win. I think we'll I think we'll take four points from the two games, and I think we'll probably get a two-two or something from Arsenal. They're up. It may add they're almost like a two-legged encounter these two because of the way it's come. So I think we probably get a. Get, get, we'll, get a, we'll get a point against Arsenal and it'll be competitive and, hot, and t- a, a tough point and a 2-2 two, two and 2-1 two, wouldn't surprise me across the two games well I hope you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> sorry what's yours I think last night changed I, I, again I'm like you I think we'll see what happens to you tonight um, I don't think a draw is good for anybody which I think is going to make for a, probably the type of game no one thought it would be yeah um, so I think, you know, I think let's be realistic about it. I think man for man, United are a better side. But it then becomes, how is that side sent out? And it'll be a case of which manager wins this, not which side. Um, and it will be a case of, it's an unknown quantity for Klopp, because this, I think, is going to be, I think he'll be, <clears throat> I think he's embraced the fan culture in Liverpool, but I think he'll be really shocked at the atmosphere in that ground. Um, for this game because I think he'll go this is louder than anything I've heard in this ground before Yeah. Um, so I think you know th- there's a possibility that um, that I think that will just raise uh, we were talking last night on our podcast and we were sort of saying that the fact that that ground's going to be absolutely bouncing the United are now going there under pressure and 
couple of lads on ours were saying Klopp really can't lose in this situation um, he's got nothing to lose whatsoever so you know the pressure is absolutely on United more than it is on Liverpool we think so and it's whether they can handle that um, would I take a draw all day long yeah um, to keep our un- unbeaten run since Boxing Day going <laughs> I um, but um, I, I I think I think it will be a draw uh, but uh, I think if, it, if we do get beat I think then that one defeat will probably increase more pressure on Van Gaal than that eight game unbeaten run because of the significance of who it's against okay uh, I th- I can I can completely see that I think and I, I take your point I think there's something to remember here from a Liverpool point of view as well which is you're, you're right to point it out Klopp he's got he's done a City away he's done a Chelsea away firstly the, the nearest thing he's had to a big Liverpool home is Leicester on Boxing Day he hasn't had but he hasn't had Everton home or away mm. he hasn't had United home or away and they are they are different things and I wonder whether or not the things that will suit him in, in, you know, in terms of the sort of manager he is, it comes back to whether or not you do the whether or not you win these games through emotion or through being sort of ice cold in key moments. And I think we can list examples of either way of winning if you just look. You know, if you just go go down, go absolutely down the list. So I don't know. I think I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, I'm really, to be honest with you, I can't. I can't quite put over what I'd want to put over for people. Um, how much? How much I'm looking forward to these two. The, you know the idea that they are back to back. I'm really looking forward to Anfield tonight. Uh, you know, got a got a day, got, got an afternoon's drinking planned around it now, and I, I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting to, to United on Sunday, just because the one thing that Klopp's sort of been able to do, whether rightly or wrongly, is that it's. It, it's more of a laugh going to Anfield, but also we don't. I don't feel the pressure of because it looks like you know it's it's, it's practically impossible for us to you know to certainly do anything with first place is concerned. Now you just sort of feel a bit like well we're all learning stuff at the minute. You know I thought extra away was great for us in terms of the fact that you got to learn something about these young lads. We're all going the matches a laugh, and I think that it can really be a laugh across these two. That said, if we ship four to Arsenal tonight, there'll <laughs> <laughs> be no laugh on Sunday. Yeah, you want to try shipping six to City and trying to laugh about things like that. That doesn't happen. Neil, uh, appreciate your time, mate. Have, uh, a, have a great drink on Sunday evening. <laughs> you know, we will win, lose or draw. We had a great one last year.